I'm RJ Bell with the sports betting headlines for Friday. Green Bay, without most of their key playmakers, they win the game. Big underdog victory. What does it mean about Arizona? Are they fool's gold? Baker Mayfield is playing and Vegas is reacting. The line has moved up, up to the Browns minus four. Colts are getting steamed up. And you know who else? Minnesota. Speculation on Dak. AJ has a big thought on that one. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a big Friday, big Friday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great, great nation. A.J. Hoffman in studio. He's, he's a, let's just say this. I don't know if Kyler Murray stole a girlfriend or something, but he is not a fan. Now, let's listen closely to see what the rationale is to this hatred. Because oftentimes people say, oh, that person's hating, but they got really good rationale. And other times they don't. We'll see. We'll see. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. He's the fan who beats the man with a prop winner last night. Thank you. Somehow, somehow Cobb scores two touchdowns, but goes under his catch total. A.J. Hoffman. Thank you, R.J. Great to be here on a Friday. The Packers overcome a depleted roster to beat the previously unbeaten Arizona Cardinals. Baker Mayfield announces he's going to return this weekend against Pittsburgh and worries that Dak won't return this weekend if pushed that number to three in the Vikings game. What's the Vegas lead? Yeah, so Vegas lead is going to be a recap of Thursday night. Now, I... uh, I believe the following. I think there's four or five different angles on this that make it a subtle reaction to the game, meaning you could look at it one way and say, huh, that's great for Green Bay. You can look at it another way and say, hmm, maybe that's not so bad for Arizona. We know where you stand. Set up the game, and then we'll go from there. Packers 24, Cardinals 21. The Packers win as six to six and a half point underdogs. Packers now nine to one Super Bowl odds, jumping the Cardinals. Okay, so so I've never seen a game set up before that throws in Super Bowl odds that somehow are trying to make your point. No, I was just trying to just, set up. How, have you how, ever done that before? No, I just thought it was no. interesting because they were so close and it <laughs> they, they leapfrogged. All right, so. You've been anti-Arizona the whole year. Um, You know, once they started getting, uh, I guess, love for their undefeated record. Since week one when I bet on them. I I was excited for them week one. After that, it's been all downhill. Yeah. So, (laughs) and again, you tend to to react to um, um, the masses kind of getting behind. Like, Like, the flavor of the month you tend to not like, which I agree with you there. Typically, the flavor of the month is expensive. That's where the squares are going. 
Make your case, though. You but well, first of all, what, how would you define how good Arizona is, and why do you think they're so much worse than what the general fan thinks? I just uh, my thoughts on Arizona coming into this season were that they were what they have been every year under Kingsbury, every year under Kyler. This year's been an exception. They've looked, but Kyler Murray has impressed so me. When this you year. say what they've been, what would that be? Uh, but underperforming, underachieving. Uh, Kingsbury was a guy wow. who was potentially going to be fired. Okay, but underachieving implies that you're achieving less than expectation. Is if someone was going to get fired from Texas Tech, then their expectations would be really low. So under that theory, they've overachieved. This year, they have. I'm no, but I'm I, saying the whole time. If you would have said what Kingsbury would, or the day he took that job, if you would have said, "What do we expect from here onward?" He's exceeded expectations. There's no. I mean, because before your, this he, season, he had the entire time. Well, you from the me time bef- he was hired. Till today, do you think Kyler Murray and well, or Kingsbury, let's say, has has, but really, we're effectively saying has Arizona exceeded expectations in 2019, 20, and 21 combined during his tenure? Now they have, yes. All right, so I would have said coming into this year, no. Okay, so if anything, they've been different than coming in this year. Yes. All right, but you think it's fool's gold somehow. I do, and and I got laughed at a lot last year about saying, I don't believe in this Pittsburgh team. I didn't believe that Pittsburgh was— So was there any team that you didn't believe in that turned out to be good, or were just referencing the you got it right with Pittsburgh last year? Uh, I'd have to think about the teams that I thought were bad last year. Pittsburgh was right at the tip of the time. Well, because Pittsburgh was undefeated for so long, they were were the talk of the town. you were right to think what? That they were going to not win the Super Bowl? That they were not as good as the market was saying they were. But I don't know. The market really didn't think they were that good either. But I can listen. I guess we're splitting hairs to some degree. They did finish the year back. You know, if you want to say five and or two and five or whatever it was, it was pretty much like that. That that obviously was less than was expected once they started eleven and zero. I would make the case that. well, as a Steelers fan, I think it was a little overdone how much people thought they were not as good as they were supposed to be, because I don't think people thought they were all that great to start with. That's a reason they were never favored to win the Super Bowl. They were always behind Kansas City. But getting back to Arizona, make your case. Arizona, to me, feels a lot like the Cincinnati Bengals, except the, the Arizona Cardinals are getting a lot more love than the Cincinnati Bengals. They, they feel like they're both teams who have overachieved so far, and it's a nice story, but no one's talking about the Bengals being a Super Bowl team or a Super Bowl contender. Arizona, oh, really? though... They're the number one seed in the AFC. What, what do you see as their Super Bowl odds now, the Bengals? Current Super Bowl odds on the Bengals, 35-1, to 1, 12th best. Okay, so in Cardinals now, these are updated 10 to 1. Okay, I would agree in general if you told me I can have the Cardinals or be paid three and a half times as much for the Bengals, I'm taking the Bengals. So I agree with you in these relative pricings. Bengals at uh, now, would you say then? So would you book me right now? Now remember, these 35 to 1 odds on the Bengals have about 30% of VIG in there, meaning the commission the bookie takes is built into here. So if you booked at any of these numbers... You're a fool. Well, no. If you bo- <laughs> if you bet them, oh. you're making a bad bet probably, though you can sometimes shop and find futures that are good. But a bookmaker that's holding 35%, that's a good thing. Yeah, if you're the one taking the money, yes. Yeah, that's the smart. bookmaker. Yeah. Is would you? So if you think that the... Cardinals and the Bengals are 
similar and we and the bank was at 35 to 1 have a lot of commission in there anyway how about i'll take arizona at 30 to 1 bet you 100 to win 3000 no thank you so you don't think they're like the Bengals? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I do. I think well, they're very Why wouldn't you want this Because I wouldn't want to bet. bet on the Bengals either. But but that's the point. So I'm letting you bet against the Bengals effectively by betting against Arizona. By booking my bet, and unlike you'd be the betting book, against Arizona. Unlike the book, I'm not taking a bunch of sucker bets on Kansas City, and I don't have all that money is that, is piled that into my pocket already. <laughs> but I thought this was the sucker bet. I, I do think it's a sucker bet. But you don't want it. I don't. All right. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Let's move on. I'm not a cockroach, though, R.J. That's no, not that's my job. Boogie. Well, you know, most people that bat like good bats, you know, and that's what I like about this show is when people make statements, we let them back them up with cash. And listen, it doesn't mean if you don't back it up with cash that you don't, you know, I don't know. We can, uh, It could mean maybe you really feel that way strongly, but you just don't want to take advantage of me, maybe. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it could be that. I don't know. Now, moving on, straight out of Vegas, R.J. Bell, A.J. Hoffman. I think that Aaron Rodgers and the reaction to him is fascinating. You listen to Colin Cowherd on The Herd and right here on FSR, and you say this was one of the most impressive games he's ever seen. On the other hand, you listen to the analytics people, and they say, actually, Kyler Murray played you know, a little better than Aaron Rodgers, at least statistically. Now, the other person is going to say, well, with the players out that were out, even Aaron Rodgers playing to a draw against Kyler Murray would be a victory. And, you know, I think there's truth to that. But if you're looking at the numbers and if you're looking at the game, the turnover margin, correct me if I'm wrong, McKenzie, was minus two for Arizona, right? Minus three. They had that one at the end as well. Oh, minus three. Yep. They threw a pick in the end zone to finish yeah, the game. Yeah, no, I, the A.J. Green, I, I saw that. I thought that made it. Wasn't it 3-1 turnovers or it was 4-1 turnovers? 3-0. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. So, thank you. I, for some reason, I had Green Bay with a turnover. So, when you have a team that's minus three in turnovers, they're going to win the game about 90% of the time. Now, as an underdog like this, you could say, well, a six-point dog is going to win less. And that's true. They're going to cover about 90% too. And if you think about it, if Hopkins, who was out a lot of the game— yep was in the game even for, and Colin made this point, for the last play of the game or the last drive, let's say, or the last uh, set of downs, let's say, in the red zone at the end. I mean, who do you want at that point when Arizona takes their first, first off? Obviously, if they don't turn the ball over, it's going to overtime, right? They were down three, yep. right? So to me, is at that point, in fact, McKenzie, pull up. What was the win percentage chance for Arizona when they were first in uh, goal at that point? Or first, however far, you know, I can't remember if they were inside the 10 or not. I think they were. But, and I'm guessing that number is somewhere about 70%. Figuring about 50 50 in overtime, there's some percentage chance that they're going to score a touchdown. And quite frankly, a much smaller percentage chance they're going to turn the ball over. Yes. You consider that Arizona is a six-point favorite coming in. They're going to win overtime 55% of the time, maybe even six, 58. If you freeze the game right there, how different is this conversation? Well, one, A.J. would have gotten a chance to maybe book the 
uh, Cardinals at maybe 25 to 1 instead of 30 to 1, and he would have found a way not to. But what else would have been different is we'd be saying, man, good effort by Aaron Rodgers, but maybe if he was there and focused all offseason, he would have been able to do that one extra play. Or we could have said, even without J.J. Watt, look at the you know little Kyler Murray, what guts for a small man. It's a different conversation, though. And really, Aaron Rodgers had nothing to do with that part of it, meaning the end of the game and the interception. And Arizona, with 21 seconds left, first and goal, had a 73% chance to win the game. That's almost a three out of four chance. Let me let me check. Yep. Almost a three out of four chance, AJ. Would that have changed your perspective a little bit? Uh, yeah, still I mean, would have said, I just got a gut feeling. It's something about them I don't like. I, I still probably have some of that. I also just feel like, and we saw it again, Kyler Murray limping off the field. I feel like that team is so so fragile. You know, DeAndre Hopkins being out did kill them because they're... Well, I don't think they're more top-heavy than the typical team. I think they're more injury-prone because of one player, Kyler Murray. Right? He is one of the... Listen, I heard a very serious person say that if they redrafted the NFL, the only person they would consider, and this is everyone in the center, pick them up, pick up basketball style, and everyone, I mean, imagine it'd be like a superhero movie, like you see them bringing their jersey and their mouthpiece and their, their, their shoulder pads and they're getting ready for their next team, they get picked, they just get on the bus. I mean, who, who's your first pick right now in the league? Outside of Mahomes? No, you, Mahomes is fine. Uh, yeah, it's probably Patrick Mahomes. Probably. Okay, we'll try to get a straight answer. It's, it's Patrick number, Mahomes. Who's number two? Uh, it's. I would say it's either Josh Allen or Justin Herbert. Okay, and Kyler Murray would be where about? After Dak Prescott. After uh, he after probably, Dak. Yeah. Wow. And how much of that has to do with Kyler Murray's ability on the field? How much of that has to do with Kyler Murray's injury proneness? Uh, I'd say it's a good chunk to do with his his injury proneness, and a good chunk to do with I think he's only good in one particular offense, much but, like but much like Lamar Jackson. Is once you run, once you have him, you aren't going to run any offense but that offense, right? So why is that a negative? Okay, then yeah. I, I, I mean, if he had to get thrown into any team in some scenario and they had to run their offense, not his, then yeah, but that's never going to be the case, right? Fair. Though, you know, if if we're pulling back and saying, hey, how great was the greatest? Maybe the ability to go to different offenses would matter, but practically it wouldn't matter that's very fair. much. All right. I, you know, I hear you. I think the following, that whenever, and last word on the game, whenever you're batting, Whenever you're betting, ask yourself what time period you're betting. Or if you're talking to a friend and negotiating, or try to get your friends to give you Arizona at 30 to 1, for example. That's what you do with your friends. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, it's, well, I mean, you know, you, <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you're smart. And here's the thing, is if you're betting a game, you don't worry so much about long-term, or any about long-term considerations. But if you're betting a season, then how fragile is this team? Now, what is fragile? Well, one, are they injury prone? Certain people just get hurt and get hurt and get hurt. And other people don't. Peyton Manning never hardly got hurt. So, Brett Favre never got hurt. So, you don't worry about that. If anything, it's an advantage. You'd rather bet them over the course of a season with a futures bet or whatever. If you're betting Kyler Murray, 
or Arizona, because again, J.J. Watt probably will be meaningful being out. And every team, if they lose a key player, gets hurt. But how fragile are they? The Rams, for example, are very fragile. Aaron Donald, if he gets hurt, disaster. If Ramsey gets hurt, disaster. If Cup gets hurt, disaster. They're top-heavy. So it's a combination of how top-heavy a team is combined with how injury-prone they are. Arizona is very top-heavy because their quarterback is the key, and he's five foot eight. And how injury-prone are they? He's five foot eight. <laughs> so I agree with AJ in that regard, and I was even willing to take thirty to one. <laughs> so less generous than, of Less than the thirty-five to one you thought was fair with the building commission, and he said, "No, no, RJ, no, thank you." <laughs> when we come back, I'll continue dominating, but this way it will be the most popular segment of the week, which is we go through every game and give you one factor you probably haven't heard somewhere else that really matters. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to get into the most popular segment of the week, my favorite segment of the week, where we take a look at every NFL game coming up this weekend, give you a little nugget or two on each of those games. If by little you mean life-changing, that's probably <laughs> correct. It is the most popular. And we got some good ones. I'm going to give a bonus two-team correlated parlay before my best bet. Before. This is another one. Bonus. Same price, though. Free. <laughs> Could be related to us being the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. And it is about you and you spreading the word and that support. And we'll keep working extra hard. But hey, I could keep talking. But we're so busy with all these rundowns. Let's get straight to it. Right. By the way, the weekend, though, is a great time to catch up. If you missed any of the show, just search for Straight Out of Vegas on your favorite pod player. And there's all the shows comprehensively here in Vegas on the Strip. 81 degrees, neon is flowing. All right, let's get started. Buffalo minus 14 hosting the Miami Dolphins. And this is my bonus correlated parlay. And this one's simple. Anyone that thought otherwise would be, I wouldn't want to judge them, but I'd say you take Miami and you take the under. Give me the update on that total. Now, what's, why is this a good play? Why is this correlated? Well, AJ, I remember you liked Buffalo in the original matchup here. Do you recall what the line was? I don't recall exactly. Okay, so the Bills they were... They covered it handily. <laughs> yeah, the Bills were on the road, and they were somewhere between a three and a three-and-a-half point favorite in that game. Okay, now we got a home field flip. How much is that worth? Uh, let's points. call it five. So th- let's call it even a four-pointer home field or, or four-point um, original line, just to keep the numbers round. Okay. And you can see I'm giving up some half I points see what here you're for doing. a reason. Is that means the line should be huh, nine in this game? Oh, look, the line is fourteen. <laughs> Explain, because you happen to like 
Buffalo here. I do like Buffalo here. And a lot of it is just the dominance that the Bills have had over Brian Flores and the dominance that Josh Allen has had. Uh, the seven matchups in the Josh Allen era, the Bills have averaged 35 and a half points per game. And this Dolphins team, you have to downgrade them significantly from that first matchup because in the really? first matchup. How many points? I don't, we thought they were good, right? Well, I, I mean, I don't think they'd be too good if they're getting four points at home. But, I mean, I, I think a downgrade is fair to say. But, I mean, how many points? Uh, three? Four? Okay, four. Okay. I mean, what I'm saying is when this thing got to 14, it is now like crazy time. It is a little crazy. And, I, and to be so fair. you like the crazy side. When we did the podcast, I liked this at 13 and a half. I like oh, it less okay. now, certainly. Oh, well, yeah. And you'd like it more 13. I'd like it more than 14 and a half. I'd like it better well, if it's three and a half. 10 again. is what it's supposed to be. <laughs> that, that You're exactly right. 10 is what. Well, here's the other way to think about it. Not that long ago, Buffalo was hosting the Houston Texans. The line was 16 and a half at this point in that game. It's 14. Do you think Miami and Houston's two, two and a half points off? No. No. But I think both, but the, te the Texans were clearly not 16 and a half points well, to, to Buffalo. So, really, you think the line should have been 28. Just because they lost by 35, you think the opening line in the next matchup would, would have Would you been... bet the Texans plus 20 and a half against the Bills today? Well, yeah, I'd bet it so quick your head would spin. My head would spin. I, I, I know, because you're square as, as, <laughs> as a triangle. I mean, you can't be any square than thinking, oh, there's no ways 21 enough in the NFL, except there's only been like four games in the last 50 years over. Over 21, but somehow the Bills, who have two losses, is going to be one of the best teams ever. Houston might be close to one of the worst teams ever. They're very close, especially uh, without Tyrod. The Bills are nowhere near one of the best teams Agreed. ever. So then, how could it be one of the historic lines that you still think it'd be short? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm going to let you have a little thought on this one, and I'm done. Or you're done, I guess, is the way to say it. Atlanta, minus three, hosting Carolina. You got something on this. Yeah, the Falcons were, were really poor to start the season. Matt Ryan, we all thought, oh, this guy's washed. We got to remember, he was coming into a brand new offense. And the, the difference between the first three games and the last three games have been night and day. He's worked his way into 19th in QBR. And Sam Darnold, the opposite. Sam Darnold, looked, oh, look at Sam. Darnold. Maybe he's not as bad. Maybe this new place has him has him looking good. Well, he's turned back into Sam Darnold. Five picks in the last two games. These quarterbacks, these teams headed in opposite directions right now. Now, in general, again, you see the front-running elements of AJ, but I don't think he's necessarily wrong here, and here's why. I don't think Atlanta's emergence has quite registered with the public yet. And in a way, he's underselling Matt Ryan. If you look at the last four games and you look at EPA, Matt Ryan is the number one quarterback in the NFL. And EPA is the number one efficiency stat amongst analytics folks. So Matt Ryan is, has been playing elite. Obviously, the tight end's emerging, and he's a you know, X factor you can put anywhere. So in general, I kind of want to play Atlanta. But let's not forget here, this line is assuming Atlanta's better, right? Home field's only two and a half, so I'm not sure there's much value left. But Atlanta is underrated, but the market knows it, just the average fan doesn't. All right, let's go to Philadelphia, minus three and a half at the Lions. Now, this is a question, because sometimes if you know the right question, your answer is going to decide who you want to bet. Is Detroit able to bounce back from what many thought to be their Super Bowl? Now, people could dispute this and say, oh, Detroit's been trying to win every game. And I agree, they've been playing hard. 
But when you have an onside kick to start the game, when you have a fake punt on the same drive, another fake punt, this is a team that was throwing everything but the kitchen sink to try to win against the Rams. They lose a game that they were leading with like 30 seconds left before halftime. You just got to wonder... Are they a little flat here? If they aren't, I think the value's on Detroit. And Philly had a humongous disappointment last week. Everyone got upset, and a lot of people bet him, and a lot of people are mad at him. Be careful of fading a team that disappointed you last week. It can be emotional. Colts now minus 2.5 at home against the Tennessee Titans. This is an example of where... If you look at what the line was, you could have said, man, oh, man, Tennessee's getting so much love. And this is where betting early in the week makes a lot more sense, is if you actually look at the early opening line here, Tennessee was favored in the game. Then on Wednesday, the favorites flipped, and now... Tennessee is an underdog in the game. Now, some people would say, now Indiana or Indianapolis <laughs> is the favorite in the game. Some people. You can say that. But to me, where the value's gone. The only on Indy, the only way you can bet Indy here, and I think the only reason this line's moving is because it's such a big game. If Indy wins this game, they are in it to win it for the potential division crown. If Tennessee wins, Tennessee's pretty much locked up the division. They'll be up three games and have the tiebreaker. So they'd have to have four games be made up in the second half of the year. This is an all-win game for Indy, but it's priced in the line. So I think the number's right, though. If you bet this Tuesday, I would have liked Indy plus the points. Rams have moved from a 14.5 to 16-point favorite at Houston on the news that Tyrod Taylor will not play this weekend. Okay. Taylor played shockingly well this year. In limited games. So when Tyrod comes back, it will be a significant upgrade for Houston. I think the fact that he could have came back, there was talk of him coming back, and he didn't, really hurts Houston. Because if you're on if you're on the Houston Texans trading away someone and that we see someone was complaining on Houston. Brandon Cooks complained about Mark Ingram being traded. Okay, so now you got a little discontent. Are we gonna be able to are we gonna be given a chance to win here? And then it's like Tyrod might be back. Oh, okay, that can change things. Oh (laughs) April Fools. (laughs) It's like I think that's worse than if there was no thought of Tyrod coming back. The real question is the Rams, do they say, hey, we almost lost last week as a big favorite? Or do they say, we had that game anyway and be a little flat here? I don't know the answer. Cincinnati lane 11 on the road against the Jets at the Jets. This is the definition. We've been waiting our whole lives to find the example of buying high. We've got it. The Cincinnati Bengals as a road favorite of 11. (laughs) I don't care if they're playing the Bad News Bears. I'm not saying I like the Jets. Obviously, a backup quarterback who is a lame duck already. Forget Wilson coming back. They traded for the corpse of Joe Flacco. Or at least as a player. As a, a person, he's fine, I guess. Though, as a Steelers fan, I don't like him at all. Him and that dead-eyed look. I I mean, they should have checked him for a concussion every game. (laughs) But anyway, that's personal. I, I, I can't play the Jets. I can't play the Bengals. You know what? 
That's the main advantage we have as players. If you don't have a great feel, you pass the game. The bookie, think about it. Don't do what the bookie wants. Well, you know what he wants? He wants you to lay doubles with Cincinnati, or he wants you to play this Jets team. Either way, I don't think you're in a strong place. Pass, pass, pass. The look ahead on this was three and a half. They're downgrading Zach Wilson to Mike White, seven and a half points. That's what Fez did. It's Mahomes to Henny. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's incorrect. You don't think that's true, do you? What else is it? I don't know. The fact Cincinnati just had the most impressive win of their lives? Okay, yeah, that's probably <laughs> fair. And the Jets did get blown out. Next game, please. All right, let's get to the Cleveland Browns minus four with Baker Mayfield hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, the line has gone up because of Baker playing, but is it an upgrade? Obviously, Colin has relentlessly made the case that, you know, Case Keenum is not really much of a downgrade. There's some hypothetical scenario that Baker's better. I can't figure out when that is from listening, but I guess in theory that's the case. But I think it's the case more than ever, or more than people think. Keenum had a hell of a year four years ago. I just don't think he's close to a number one pick in the draft. Now, maybe Baker should have went 15th like Mac Jones. Still, 15th over Keenum. And I... <sighs> You can't forget, injuries are not a binary. It's not that, oh, Baker's back. He's 100%. No, Baker's less than 100%. So now the question is, well, Baker's better than Keenum, but is he better than Keenum when he's hobbled? I don't know. So to me, I don't love the Steelers here because I think their record, they're not as good as their record. But I think an upgrade for Baker playing here is not uh, a represent. I think it's... It gives, it hurts the value on the Browns. An upgrade because Baker's playing is not warranted. All right, when we come back, or oh no, we're not going anywhere. Next, we're going to look at the boy. We got four or five games. It's going to be rapid fire. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio. I'm AJ Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas. R.J. Bell. Next up, San Francisco favored by four at Chicago. Whew. What you talked about flip home field? Would, would the Bears would, would be nine point dogs to the 49ers in San Francisco? That's just that's a big number to me. Well, I hear you. I I think that the question here is how bad are the Bears with the with Fields? I mean, you could make the case that Fields is as the worst quarter. I mean, Wilson probably played worse earlier in the year, or at least as bad. But Wilson's evolved. I mean, obviously he's hurt now. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is playing better. Well, Mac Jones has played better from day one. I mean, the only quarterback that's played worse than Fields <laughs> is Trey Lance. But he he does. I don't know if he's even dressing for the game. So Healthy I mean, scratch. I, I think he. I, I mean, I think JV plays a road game. <laughs> but but the but the fact. Fact of the matter is, you've heard more Shanahan criticism in the last five or six days than you have any time ever. And one thing about Shanahan, or as Mackenzie calls him, Cousin Kyle, is he doesn't suffer fools gladly. He has a little, I'd say maybe similar to me, a little bite when someone's a little off and a little like messing up his world. And you know what? His world's been turned topsy-freaking-turvy right now. And he's getting heat in a way that he isn't used to. And you know, if someone's used to getting heat, they handle the heat typically. Cousin Kyle, 
Mackenzie's first cousin, biologically, not some joke. He had, doesn't he isn't used to it. I'm not sure if they're going to focus and bounce back or are they going to unravel? And I think unravel is at least a 50% chance. Seattle Seahawks minus three and a half hosting the Jacksonville Jags. This is my second best bet of the week. Best bets coming up in a few minutes. My second best bet, Seattle minus three and a half. This is the must win game of must win games. It's almost like in pro wrestling, a loser leave town match. This is a Russell Wilson leave town if you don't win this game. Because if you're going to make the case to Russell that you've got a good foundation and a good team in this offseason around him, you can't lose to Jacksonville. And after losing the last two games by a field goal, covering both games. So by definition, Geno Smith has exceeded expectations leading Seattle two straight games. I expect him to do it again, and I think Jacksonville off a bye after getting their first win. Ooh, I, I think maybe Urban Meyer's grinding, but a little differently perhaps. I don't think that he, they've spent the time during this off week that a typical NFL team would if Urban Meyer's history is any indication. But Seattle will be as motivated for this game as any NFL team will be for any game this season. When we come back... We've got a few more games to go over, including my best bet, including A.J. has a real strong take on this Dallas game, and A.J. has a college football best bet. This is R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Let's take a look at the Chargers minus four and a half at home against the New England Patriots. Chargers are overrated, and it's mostly because of their fourth down efficiency. Now, all the math guys love Brandon Staley going for it so much on fourth. And I generally agree, generally. But the rate that they've made it, even after falling short in some spots against the Ravens, is just unsustainable. And if you take away those points, Chargers aren't near as good as people think they are. On the other hand, New England is trending upwards more than any team this year and probably more than any year of Belichick's career. You know why? Ever since the CBA in 2011, there hasn't been enough time in the preseason for Belichick. So he's made September in the early season an extended preseason. But then you add in COVID making the preseason work even less efficient. You add in there's 17 games this year, so there's more time to ramp into the season for Belichick. And then you add a rookie QB. This is a year about trend lines more than any other. New England's trending up. Chargers overrated. Denver Broncos minus three and a half at home against the Washington football team. Interesting phenomenon with Washington. They should have covered for sure against Green Bay. They maybe should have won the game. But because the calls were so egregious, because it was on the end zone line, 
the market kind of assumed like they did score those points. So you might think, oh, this team could have done better, but no, you know, we're going to bet them now because their score was deceiving. But it was so much the focus of the game recaps. It feels like Washington, and this line was three up until today. Maybe there's a little value at three and a half, but man, it feels like Washington got credit for what they didn't do last week. I kind of, especially at three, I like Denver. Okay, you, AJ, have a strong take on this. Minnesota is now at home favored by three versus Dallas. Minnesota opened up as a two and a half point underdog. Now, let me say five and a half points through zero. And Dak is what? I don't know. Well, I think Dak is going to play. I I don't think Dak would be practicing the way that he is. And Mike McCarthy's quote was, they're ramping him up in practice if he wasn't going to play in this game. If the doctors have a decision on if Dak's going to play or not, I don't think they would have him out there practicing and specifically ramping it up. So what is your conclusion? You're saying that you believe Dak's going to play, thus... Thus, there's value right now, especially with three. If you find out Dak is... where? On the Cowboys. If you find out that Dak isn't going to or is going to play, you're going to never see a three. If you find out he isn't, you're going to have to pay way more. Okay, so if he isn't, you're going to have to pay way more. What's that got to do with You're going to have da- to give if, if three is not no, going to no, be nearly I, enough. Well, I understand, but what I'm saying is you're saying bet Dallas at three. I believe you can bet Dallas at three because I believe Dak is going to play. Okay, but then when you say if Dallas. If he doesn't play, you're going to have a terrible bet. Well, yeah, no doubt. But that's why you're betting on the fact that that... I mean, here's where I tend to agree with AJ, is I tend to agree with AJ that the chance of Dak not playing is small. What concerns me, and there has been a major move, what does concern me is he could be less than 100%. Because Dak is getting a rep as injury prone. I don't think he's playing up injuries because it can't be helpful for, to him. All right, AJ, we've got, or you've got, your college football best bet. Yeah, let's go with Maryland, Indiana, under 49.5. The line has moved towards Maryland because Indiana's down to their third or fourth quarterback. That has not changed the total. They couldn't move the ball with Penix. Now they're trying guys who are lucky to be on scholarship. Their defense is still stout, though, and Maryland is a boomer bust offense. And when I say that, they were rely on big plays. Indiana, they stop big plays. You have to grind it out against them. I think 49 and a half is way too much. So Indiana, Maryland under 49 and a half, my best bet this week. Okay, and the the quarterback situation, when did it go from one quarterback to the other? Penix has been out for a couple weeks. They were down to a second quarterback. He got hurt last game. They were swapping around the third and fourth quarterbacks at the end of the last game. Okay, so under? Under 49 and a half, Maryland, Indiana. Okay, my best bet is going against the GOAT, Tom Brady and his kale shakes. We like (laughs) New Orleans, plus four and a half. And here's the rationale. Is the Saints are an above-average team. That part's unequivocal. They are an above-average team. Now, Tampa Bay might be the best team in the NFL. I, I I probably think they are. And you know what? That team should not, the best team in the NFL right now should not be favored by four and a half at New Orleans with one of the best home fields. We know Sean Payton has the recipe to do well against the Bucks. Beat the Bucks badly in game one last year. Beat the Bucks badly in game two. We're leading in the third quarter and got their tight end got stripped down in the red zone of Tampa Bay, or they probably win that game. And now I know New Orleans isn't as good as they were, 
But man, oh man, it's not like this. Value, value, value. Saints plus four and a half. Okay, you've got 20, 10 seconds for your UFC best bet. Kamzat well, Shem- I'll give you 15. Kamzat Shemaev inside the distance, minus 175. He is a pressure fighter, and his opponent, Ji Zhang Li, is not a guy who deals, he's a slow starter, doesn't deal well with pressure. This is going to be a finish early. Kamzat Shemaev inside the distance. I mean, this could have been a foreign language program. Uh, I mean, I don't think I understood every third word. It's, is that one of the major fights? It's it's on the main card, yeah. Okay. There's a free pay-per-view this weekend, so, I, so it's like a number. one more time. Kamzat Shemaev. Ooh. <laughs> if you missed any of today's show, including... Oh, when AJ was like, oh, I think uh, they're, they're about as good as the Bengals. Uh, do you want to bat them? No, no. Check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We'll be back on Monday. Now, history tells us when we're back on Monday, we're going to do a recap of the big weekend and tell you what the squares are saying, and which is wrong, what the sharps are saying, and probably AJ will back down on another bet. 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. I think I have my best shows, but not yours, Strong AJ. for not you. Not yours, baby. Straight out of Vegas! 